coming to you live from Brea, California. Coming to you live on the internet. Hello. It is Mike and Andy. It is the Vox Podcast. We're so glad you're with us. What episode are we on, Andy? 28. Oh, that's my wife. Hold on. Let's see. Let's talk to Mrs. Erie. Hi, Mrs. Erie. You're on the podcast. Now, okay. is it true that you celebrated a birthday this week? I did. And how'd your husband do at uh, at arranging birthday festivities? He did amazing. And how he great? And how great a kisser is he? Oh, awesome. Okay. All right. Was there lunch? was there anything you needed, hon? Yeah. Do you want lunch? Yeah, I want lunch. I'll take a double scoop of you with <laughs> applesauce. Okay. Do you want anything from In and Out? Uh, no, thank you. All right, love you, bye. I'm only eating vegetables now. That is a false statement. <laughs> um, so that's Mrs. Erie making an early appearance. Now, we have, right. we have another guest in the studio, in the Vox headquarters studio in Brea, California. This is uh, Dr. Tim Mulehoff. It's a very Italian name. It comes from an Italian background. Hello, Tim. Say hello to the internet. Man, it is great to be here. Internet. It is. It is internet. So this he's in the Vox headquarters. He's not wearing the uniform. He has shorts on and his torso is covered, so that's disappointing. But before before we talk about Tim and why Tim is here, Andy has some big news. Right? So Andy So so either we're either gonna talk about the fact that uh, you're having a third child, that um, you just moved or that the Ducks lost in Game 7 again to a team that was clearly inferior. Which one of those is, is, is the issue this morning? It is, unfortunately, the latter. The latter? That is very true. Now, then... now, Tim, Tim, you are a, a hockey person, too. I am from Detroit. That's right. Detroit is hockey town. So, yeah, you know, hockey okay. is God's sport, Okay, Mike. sure. This is... Sure. I feel for Andy. This yeah. last night, it's too soon for me, man. Last Jesus, night they lost. Jesus yeah. saves, but Gretzky scores on the rebound. <laughs> yeah. Right? Isn't that how it goes? Yes. Okay. Yes. So, okay. So sorry, Andy. We love you. I'm just yeah. so grateful that we're done with that whole line of conversation. Yeah. Yeah. When does hockey season begin again? Uh begins in the fall. Oh. Next season. Well, well, yeah. Okay. Yeah, like that, that lower that lowers it down. September. Okay, so we're so we have a break, which is nice. So, um, so Tim is what's your PhD in? Uh, so my wife gets a kick out of this. It's technically marital communication. So I oh, might have Lord. a PhD in marital communication. My uh, wife would say I'm good at the theory part of it. Yes, exactly. <laughs> See, there's some there's some areas of expertise you never want to claim for yourself. No, and no, that no. that's one of them. Yeah. So, so Tim is a dear friend and um, a guy that I knew way, way back in the day at Miami of Ohio. He was on staff with uh, Campus Crusade, now crew. He confronted me about uh, liking Guns N' Roses <laughs> back in the day. He has no memory of this, but he has since matured and I have since thrown away and repurchased Guns N' Roses about <laughs> a dozen times. So Axel can thank me later. Now... Now, do you guys also bond around how much hair you guys both have? Well, yes, we, we, we uh, yes. admire each other. Very there, much. well, yeah, but you go. I mean, you use a razor, right? Because you do polished, use a razor, right? Yeah, I do. I just go. I just go to the. I go to the Clippers, like the number zero. Oh, yeah. yeah. I want a little shading. I mean, you look very good now. Now, so if you can imagine, in the Vox headquarters, there there's a lot of skin showing, and uh, on the heads. And yeah. on the torsos. Yeah. Andy is wearing his morning 
some some sort of camouflage uh, outfit that just says, you know, he was ready for battle and he <laughs> was defeated <laughs> tragically. Yeah. Right. Now and Tim battle to bring the '90s back. Now Tim, oh my goodness, yes, those are like MC Hammer pants. Now Doctor Tim, as I call him, or Doctor T, or Mister T, uh, any of those he answers to. Um, has written a book that I, I very much love and is very much in the Vox tradition. So it's called I Beg to Differ, and the subtitle is Navigating Difficult Conversations with Truth and Love. And and I don't know, it it, it seems like maybe there are a few difficult conversations that are going on in our world right now. <laughs> and so, so I thought Tim would be a super fun guy to uh, have a conversation with because I, I, I read his book. And I thought, man, there isn't a lot. I mean, we're all whether it's in a in a family relationship, a parent 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 child, whether it's a marital relationship, so it's a husband and wife, whether you've been divorced and you're trying to like share children with uh, your your um, your former spouse, whether you are dating. I mean, uh, in the workplace, like the applications of this sort of thing seem pretty innumerable, and there doesn't seem like there's much. Uh, that that we learn outside of doing it poorly uh, that's out there. It, it's a crazy time to be a calm theorist. On yes. one hand, we are communicating more than we ever have communicated before right. via technology. If Facebook were its own country, it'd be the third largest country in the world. Boom. Only lagging behind India and China. But we're also doing it very poorly. Uh, right. There's a woman named Deborah Tannen at Georgetown. She's a linguist who has dubbed this title the argument culture, hmm. that we approach everything as if it's a verbal slugfest, that we argue and we don't find common ground, we don't listen, we don't have nuance. It's yes. either left or right, and there's no middle anymore. That's right. So in a way, we're communicating a ton, but boy, it just seems like in a lot of different realms, we're doing it really poorly. Well, and I, and I, I so I, I dare every now and again to open up my Facebook feed and and the, people really do communication well on Facebook. I've just found oh, social media really allows for a deep exchange of views. It's like yeah. a 4D communication <laughs> experience. Like it takes nuance to an entire new. Oh uh, my goodness! Wow. So, um, so I brought up Donald Trump with my sweet mother, who I love, <laughs> and, and 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 we realized soon that we we needed not to go there. Um, I adore her. Um, she is a big fan. Of the Trumpster, and uh, I'm yeah. I'm 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 not so much. Um, I'm going to vote for myself as president, and um, that's just fine with me. Now, one thing though we want to talk about is what do you think has made? If we grant that this is sort of an outrage or argument culture, what are pieces of our world that have facilitated that? Uh, I think an isolationism has fostered that. In other words, I grow up in my community, right, and I interact with people in my community. Uh, I, and if I don't like the public school, uh, talking about the Christian community, I simply get out of the public school and I go form an even deeper isolationist type community. Uh, groupthink, those who study groupthink would say the biggest problem with groupthink when you're just around people who think like yourself is that you demonize the other crowd. Hmm. And so I think what's happened today is the left has demonized the right, the right has demonized the left. Uh, Christians, we demonize other denominations, other systems of thought. And so pretty soon, there's no middle ground anymore. We've excluded the middle, right. and now we are on these opposite sides, and we are yelling at each other. We, um, common ground is seen as condoning another viewpoint. Yes. Oh, and so okay. all of that kind oh, of stuff. That's so so true. 
I get I get very angry Whoa. when um, my community, they present a caricature of a different position, right? Right, right? So you listen to this position and you go, well, that person's an idiot. Right. Like, who would think that? That's right. craziness. And it fuels my anger when we don't take any time to research or think about uh, how that person arrived at his or her beliefs. Right. And we need yes. to do that. Now, that, now this, that's one bit that you threw in here. So you've got this four-step um, way of navigating difficult conversations. And, it, and it's not steps, actually. It's postures of heart yeah. um, and practices. And um, what I loved, oh, you, you, where is it? Here it is. Um, in the heat of the moment, we give the other person the bottom line of our convictions. We never give them the backstory of how those convictions developed. So I may be totally opposed to uh, the tra- transgender community using whatever restroom they self-identify as. But I'm, I'm not going to give you any backstory to that. Or I may be totally open to that and not give yeah. you any backstory to that. So it becomes actually a little easier to demonize because we're just sharing the bottom line and not the not the journey. Is that true? Yeah, there's a Longfellow quote I stick in the book um, mm. where he says, if we knew the secret history of our enemies, there'd be enough pain that it would produce for us compassion. Hmm. So to know about the transgender community, right, the pain that they've gone through, uh, they're an at-risk community. Right. Whatever you think about the transgendered bathroom issue, uh, statistics show that the transgendered community are at risk, that 41% of the transgendered community has thought about suicide or attempted suicide. And then you look at bullying rates as they go through, you know, um, elementary school, into junior high, into high school, these individuals have lived a very hard life. And if we don't know that, then my rhetoric becomes really harsh, right? And, and I'm just exploring ideas. I'm not exploring people anymore. Right. And we're called to not tolerate people. We're called to love people. And I'm afraid our rhetoric is so harsh. Regardless, if we ever sign off on how we're going to do these bathrooms, right? If we're going to have transgendered bathrooms, if we're going to allow people to uh, tender into whatever bathroom, my goodness, let's start the conversation with compassion hmm. and care and show that, hey, you're in that risk community. We absolutely need to do something Maybe we can't do what you're advocating, but my goodness, we got to do something. We got to love you because you're part of our community and we truly do care about you. But the minute the minute you open the door to that, to finding common ground, to compassion, to empathy, you then, because there is no middle uh, in the eyes of the demons on both sides, you're either with us or you're against us and Absolutely. you get labeled a liberal or a progressive or a heretic yeah. or whatever for even entertaining the idea that public restrooms can be public in ways maybe that we're not all comfortable with. Yeah, and nobody believes the best of me anymore. So, right. so if I do reach out to the transgender community in a way that I think is fresh, uh, unexpected, right. then I get hit from my base that says, okay, that's compromise. Because right. yeah. I, I have a radio spot that I do once a month, and we, uh, we tackled Mike Huckabee one day. Remember, Mike Huckabee was speaking to the Religious Broadcasters Association, and in it he made... I have not followed the career of Mike Huckabee. Yes. Closely. Yes. I just want to confess that. Nor have I. Okay. But in it, he said this. He said, boy, I kind of wish today um, I I could go to my coach in high school and say, coach, I'm kind of feeling feminine today. And I'd kind of like to pop into the women's locker room. Right. It got a laugh. You can watch this on YouTube. Mm -hmm. It got a laugh from the audience. And my thought was, my goodness, are we going to compare the pain and suffering of a Caitlyn Jenner with a high school heterosexual boy who wants to get a free peep show? Right. Now, 
but when I did this on the radio program, though, Mike, right? Oh my goodness, the calls! <laughs> oh yeah, I just got slaughtered, and it was Broke by, the internet. and it was by, and it was by people who were demonizing you that would would have looked at your credentials and said, "Oh, he should be one of us." That's right. Right. Go ahead. And what I what I was critiquing Mike on is that communication is on two levels, not one. One is the content level. That's right. absolutely our message. But then it's the relational level. That is the amount of compassion between two individuals. Mm. It's the amount of respect, acknowledgement. So I simply said when I responded to some of these uh, people who called in was to simply say, listen, I, I might not even be uh, critiquing his content. I'm right. simply saying, where's the compassion? Right. Where's the empathy? Right. And where's the love for this community, even if we ultimately disagree with them? That's what I was critiquing. My Huckabee was, let's start with compassion. Well, and it's so and it's so antithetical to the way of Jesus. So these are Christians who claim to follow Christ, the Christ who, when confronted with the woman caught in the very act, the very act, the very act. not going to, <laughs> not coming home from, the yeah. act. Yeah. And they didn't bring the guy, which I find just so, you know, beautifully like patriarchal. But um, as as we all know, you know, he he doesn't condemn her. He doesn't condone her. He mm-hmm. changes the whole tone of the conversation. And, and and so you have this Jesus that leads with compassion to the broken and harshness often to the religious yeah. elite. Yeah. And, and we flipped it right now. The religious elites just love patting themselves on the back in their isolation and when we come across somebody, like I got heat for calling Caitlyn Jenner Caitlyn. Yeah, oh, abs- oh, yeah, absolutely. He's Bruce. He's That's Bruce right. is what people would say to me. He's Bruce. Call him Bruce. He's not Caitlyn. Come on. So imagine you're going to have lunch with, with Bruce Jenner right, as Caitlyn. Right. So I would say just from a pure communication standpoint, right, if we're just talking about persuasion 101, you want to have what we call a soft startup to the conversation. You don't yes. want to have a harsh conversation. So if you're sitting across from Bruce, I would ask that I would ask you as a Christian, what are you hoping is going to happen during this lunch? And let's say that person says, I really would like to introduce him to the gospel and present Christ's love to that person. I said, okay, so is the very first words out of your mouth calling him Bruce when he wants to be identified <laughs> as Caitlin, guess what? You, that's a harsh startup. Right. And now there's defensiveness. Right. right. What does the book of Proverbs say? An offended brother is like a fortified city. So do you really want to start that way? Right. right. The acknowledgement part and the respect part is to say, hey, listen, Caitlin, right. I admire you for your journey. And right. by the way, I admire you that when you won the ESPY award, the Arthur Ashe ESPY award, you took that time to speak for the transgendered community. I admire that. Yeah. I admire your journey. Um, but see, to many, you can't say that you can't. without condoning it. No, yeah, you're done. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. So the yeah, minute, I mean, the, you're speaking from a place of compassion, like modeling exactly what you're talking about, but so many folks yep. can't even. So you're soft on yeah. sin. You know, you've just, you're, you're, you're buying into the cultural soup. And, and so how, how do you respond to those people? Well, this is where our conversations, Mike, have been Without cussing. So helpful. Because <laughs> I'll tell them right now what I think of that. Harsh startup. Warning. Yep. Warning. Yes, yes. Um, <laughs> no, this is where our conversations about Jesus tele, uh, Table Fellowship has been so helpful. Yes. In the fact that I don't think Jesus' highest value 
was to be seen as not condoning sin. Yes. I think he I think he reached out to people that were scandalous. Yeah. Oh my goodness, many of these table fellowship scenes were out in the public, right? That yep. people could see it. That's right. And he is meeting with um, noted sinners. Right. And it just didn't seem to bother him because he wasn't equating the two. That That's I right. could have table fellowship with you and that is not my condoning your sin. And I think the church is stuck sometimes that we, we just can't have the appearance right. of sin. And I'm going to say... I, I, I just don't know if that's our highest value. No, it, somewhere along the line, our greatest fear was that we would be accused of condoning sin. Yes. And and rather than God knowing our heart, in the same way Naaman asks Elijah, hey, I've got to go worship with this with this king, yeah. you know, after his healing, but God knows my heart, right? I'm going to pack up some dirt from Israel. We're, we're okay, right? Yeah. And Elijah says, go in peace. That God knows. Instead of worrying about that, it is, well, I don't want them to think that I approve. When, when did that become a biblical value or a biblical practice, right? Because yeah. Paul only does that if he gives, I don't approve. It's to Christians who should know better. It's That's right. It's never to people who, out, who are outside the church. So let me give you an illustration that I do think it. is kind of what the basis of the book was, was on. Yeah. So in my class, I do something. I require my students to do something that when they're done doing it, they'll be part of the 1% of American Christians. Ooh. And that is they read the Quran cover to cover. Hmm. Right. When a Christian does that, we never read the, the faith, uh, the holy books of another faith tradition. So my students will read it cover to cover. They'll be part of the 1% of American Christians who have ever read a book of a, of a different faith tradition. Just think about that for a second. Yeah. And we wonder why we have a credibility problem. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know Aren't anything. Are mu- all Muslims evil? Yeah, I don't know anything about postmodernism. I don't know anything about right. um, um, Islam, Hinduism, Buddhism. I just know my perspective. And we wonder why we have a credibility problem. Well, when I first assigned the topic, and by the mm-hmm. way, this was pre-tenure. <laughs> at, uh, I teach at Biola University. It's pre-tenure. So um, uh, I got calls from parents. Hmm. saying, I did not send my daughter to a Christian university to read the Quran. And I said, can I, can I ask you why you sent her? Ooh, good and question. she said, well, I, I want her to be a Christ follower. Mm-hmm. And I said, do you know that one out of five people in the world self-identify as a Muslim and we're called to take Jesus's love and gospel to everybody? So we better know the perspective. And by the way, just reading it doesn't mean that they're agreeing with it. Now, my students are fine to read it if we're going to rip it to shreds, right? Mm -hmm. We're going to analyze it and attack it and stuff. So they're kind of blown away when the first assignment is, hey, give me um, 10 areas where the Bible agrees with the Quran. Yeah. There's 50. Yeah. Just give me 10. Well, that's when we start. And one dad said to me, and I appreciate the heart of these parents. One dad said, listen, how will you feel if somebody in your class reads the Quran and walks away from the faith? Mm -hmm. And I said, you know what? If that all it took was yeah. the reading of they a book, they didn't have that faith would be a greater concern. Yeah, and better to happen now yeah. that we can actually address it and put the pieces back together. Yeah. And I, I think that's really important for us to expose ourselves to a really interesting well, how, world Well, how there. well has this kind of protectionism done with our kids? Right? So so every, every measure that you can possibly measure indicates... Yeah. They're fleeing the institutional organized, That's right. organized church. That's right. And, and, and it's because they're coming into contact with good people mm-hmm. who believe different things yeah. and, uh, and, and seem to advocate really compelling ideas in some ways that seem more moral 
than the Christian teaching they'd received. Oh, absolutely. And, and certainly more compassionate. Oh my goodness, More yes. compassionate. Hey, so let me introduce you. Let me get academic just for a second. Oh boy. Um, and mention something. We don't do that here. Mention something, <laughs> mention something called inoculation theory. This yep. is a really cool theory. So inoculation theory is basically this idea, the guy who came up with it did a fascinating study. He basically took a group of individuals, broke them into four groups and gave them a totally bogus argument. The bogus argument was that brushing your teeth actually promotes tooth decay because you're wi- you're wiping away natural antibodies in your saliva and it actually promotes tooth decay four different groups one group was given the article uh, and not told anything about it just read this article the second group was told just pro brushing your teeth principles of course brushing your teeth is good and blah you should do it three times a day blah 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 right and then you get a group um is told you're going to read something that's going to challenge long-held beliefs. And then the last group, you're actually told a little bit about this argument and given some different ways to think about it. Okay. So the guy who did this wanted to know which group would have the most movement. You know which group had the most movement? Mm-mm. It was group number two. If all you do is present people with positive arguments and never tell them about counter arguments, good counter arguments, you actually make them susceptible to weak arguments. So if in the church, all we do is talk about pro-traditional marriage, we talk about uh, defending the Bible and they never read anything else. So we shield them because we care about people. We shield them from these arguments. If inoculation theory is true, you just made them more susceptible to weak arguments when they leave our church or graduate from our university. We're doing no favors to these individuals whatsoever. Oh, and that's why the the new atheists have gotten so much traction. They're not offering Mm. new arguments. I mean, Dawkins isn't really doing anything new. Yeah. Um, But it's so compelling, and or Sam Harris, and it's and it's it's not been heard or engaged with. Yes. By people. Yes. So 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 one of you know my kids, my kids have all sorts of faith questions, and 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 it's so tempting just to give them the answer. And, and, you know, move on from there. That's right. But instead, we spend a lot of time talking about how great it is to have questions and, and how having questions does not, that's not an expression of um, unfaith. It can often be an expression of faith. Right? Oh, great. Yeah. So, so it's so interesting to me how on a, if that's true on a micro scale, how much more than, oh, how much more. Uh, yeah. then then we think okay protecting them is really protecting them so so you have your students read the quran yeah first thing they do is identify areas of agreement yeah well we agree with each other yes uh, same thing with nietzsche right all of philosophy goes through the doorstep of a man named nietzsche who said that god was dead no longer useful the idea of god well we we don't read him right we seldom expose ourselves to the great thoughts of nietzsche I just read a book, by the way, um, that was talking about if you ask the most quoted person, but take a look at databases on printed books, in the last, I think they said, 100 years, guess who's the most uh, person quoted the most in the Mm. last 100 years? Janet Jackson. Janet Jackson was second. That was good. Okay. Um, No, it was a man named Michel Foucault. Yes. Now, if you mention that name to most Christians, they will look at you and say, who? Yeah, Yeah, I'm like, who? Think about that. (laughs) Oh, think about that. So a guy that is influencing everybody in academia, particularly Christians are like, I I have like, what is he? What does he say? Well, this is what he says. And they're like, that's really good. I I think I agree with that. So if our only philosophy is to lock the liquor cabinet, Right. right? It's locked. In my house, you will not drink because the liquor cabinet is locked. Now, as soon as they get outside the house and every liquor cabinet is unlocked, boom! that's when we learn if they bought into our values. That's what happened to me. 
Oh, really? No, not really. No, I've never, <laughs> I've never had seen uh, or had a liquor cabinet, but go ahead. So I say, or and I get why parents, this freaks us out, right? We get asked questions like, uh, I don't know, like what about those who have never heard of Jesus? Right. If he's the only way to get to God, and, and most of human history, people have never even heard the name of Jesus, how in the world is that like fair right. that God would judge them on a person they never heard? Well, I can imagine a parent being asked that question by one of their kids and, and just, you know, looking at them with like deer cotton headlights. Right. And you say, uh, let's go to Chuck E. Cheese. You know, it's yes. like, I have no idea. Yes. How do you respond to that? So I get that we're, we're, we're kind of fearful. Yeah. But we, if inoculation theory is true, we are preparing our kids to go out into the real world outside our homes and they are going to get hit with questions an articulate person talking about same-sex marriage an articulate yes. person presenting hinduism buddhism and and our students are going to be like sheep our, our kids like sheep being led to slaughter because we thought we were protecting and loving them right and in actuality we gave them no antibodies and we sent them into a world of disease right right so so part of what you um promote uh, in this book is, and that's one of the steps is, is finding common ground. Yeah. Right. So what are the four just real quick? Okay. So the very first one is, um, Hey, listen to this person. No, don't assume that, that, uh, you know what this person's going to say. Book of Proverbs, uh, Proverbs 18, 12 says oh this. It says, we um, don't quote the Bible on this program. Bible. Okay, Jewish wisdom literature. Yes, that's better. Jewish Lovely wisdom. Jewish I went to secular schools. What's the Quran say? Jewish, Jewish literature. I think it's fascinating. It says, it is folly and shame to a person to speak before listening. Mm. Now, I think we get the folly part, right? I was on the debate team in college. So my poor wife starts to say something. I'll just jump in like, boom, you know, and disagree. And she's like, that's not even what I was talking about. And my response is, but you were but going if it to. was, but <laughs> if it was, that's a good response. But I think it's fascinating. The ancient writer would say, "Shame! It is shameful for you to speak before listening. You are belittling this person. We we bestow honor on a person when I sit and listen to their perspective and not challenge it. That's step number one. Step number two is, but why do you believe this? Step number one is, you can tell me you're for same sex marriage or right. you're you're a Buddhist. Step two is, but how did you arrive at that? That's the backstory we That's were the talking backstory. about earlier. Yeah, is that you just didn't hit this in a vacuum? That's right. Nobody nobody was born a Christian, born an atheist, born Democrat, Republican. It was through a series of events you arrived at this present moment. One feminist theorist says you can't take people, you can't take a person's life out of history. So I want to know your history. Like, how did you arrive at this moment? Step number three is, okay, after listening to those first two steps, uh, where do I agree with you? That's right. Boy, we are hardwired in the church to be listening for where I'm, I'm eventually going to attack your perspective. So, but then when you stop and say, no, 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 what was good about it? Where's the common ground? Well, that's what you were doing with Caitlyn Jenner. That's what we're doing with I, Caitlyn I Jenner. I affirm and admire you that's right. in these ways. Yeah, and it's that's alignment right. and empathy and... That's, that's right. beautiful. That's right. Mm. So I force my students to say it. I, 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 Andy, you do not have a PhD in marital communication. <laughs> all right, so sure just, don't. Just pipe down. Got a microphone though. <laughs> oh, and that's all we need these days, right? That's right. But you don't have a team in the playoffs. <laughs> so oh, that's okay because neither do you. That's oh right. wow! But may I just say wow. to the listeners that we have ten Stanley Cups. Yes. Ten. Detroit has ten. That's and right. let me say to the the other ninety eight percent of the listeners <laughs> who gives a rip. All right, but go ahead, go ahead, Tim. All right, so finding common ground is the yeah. better one. Okay, common ground, uh, Tim. I love that you love hockey. 
I yes, love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, mm-hmm. I love that you love sports. Yep. I love sports. Yep. Your sport sucks. My sport is better. <laughs> is that how it goes? No. Uh, I like, uh, there's a guy named C.S. Lewis. I like. oh, he's, a, he's a Christian writer. He's a Christian thinker. He says this, friends look in the same direction. Mm. So, so by the way, if all I say is, um, hey, we all care about having community members that feel like they're part of the community, right? Then I can stand alongside a person who's transgendered. We all feel like marriage is a very special entity. Right. And um, we all want to have flourishing marriages, right? That's finding common ground. So right. calm theory, you can break all of it down into saying start with points of agreement and right. move towards points of disagreement. All right. So eventually I'm going to say to the person who advocates same-sex marriage, right? There's going to come a point I have to jump off. I have to say, listen, we found a lot of common ground, but at the end of the day, my interpretation of the Bible, and it's not the only one there is, right? There's really smart people who disagree with me, but based on my interpretation, I'm just going to have to say, I don't think God condones same-sex marriage. But when we get to that point in the conversation is going to be absolutely crucial how much work has been done before you get to those points of disagreement. But then someone could say, well, okay, then that's just a nice tool to make your bottom line more palatable. And I That's would, all you've done. And I would say, you know what? Take a look at our political system today, and that's not a bad goal. <laughs> right? Because, True. Right. But, no, so, but I'm saying, Mike, is that I'm establishing the relational level. Mm-hmm. I'm not minimizing that. Right? Again, I'd be, I'd, if I'm just blowing smoke, right? If I'm just saying, yeah, I'm being kind to you, uh, and I don't, because I don't really like you, I don't really respect you, but I'm going to say I do, because then it makes my bottom line more effective. Well, mm-hmm. then, of course, that's horrible communication. Right. right. But if I honestly do admire you, if I honestly feel like, like George Clooney, right? I just saw an interview with George Clooney. Lots of quotes. Like, yeah, we yeah. got Longfellow. Longfellow. Uh, feminists, theologians. You brought Jewish in Janet Jackson. Literature. I didn't quote her. No, you didn't quote her. Because I didn't her. have to. No, you're right. Because it's Miss Jackson if you're nasty. Or is it Janet <laughs> if you're nasty? What is it? Okay, I'm, I don't know. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. So let's say George Clooney, right? Uh, George to his friends. Yeah. No, George Clooney. <laughs> let's say we get together and have lunch. Okay, there's a ton of things I disagree with about George Clooney. If I wanted to, that lunch, start to finish, could be one big disagreement. Right. Right? Sure. But I sit down, and what can I honestly respect him for? Well, I respect any public individual, any... Um, Hollywood elite that takes his or her time and platform and helps people. So, you know, George Clooney is huge about forgiving debt, you know, third world debt. Um, Angela Jolie is really... Um, I've not followed George Clooney's career. I would have just said Ocean's Eleven. But, <laughs> but so start there. Say, right. hey, here's right. what I admire. Right. I admire the fact that you're an activist. I admire the fact that you care about this country. And you don't mm-hmm. just care about this country. You care about countries that often we never read about. Listen, I admire what you're doing. Even if at the end we're going to disagree on the specifics of what you're doing, mm-hmm, I can mm-hmm. start off by saying, you know what? I love people who are passionate about this country. I love people who are passionate about religion. Um, I love people who ask good, hard questions. That's not blowing smoke, right. but that's starting with saying, listen, I think we have a lot in common here that we can actually sit down, have a coffee, and have a great conversation because I don't disrespect you. I do respect you enough to honestly disagree with you when the time comes. Okay, so I've done your first three steps. Yes. I've listened I've found common, or I've, I've heard the backstory. I've That's found right. common ground. Yep. Look at me repeating yes. back the steps. Yeah, this is awesome. Boom. Boom. And then the, and then, and then the fourth step's a bit fuzzy. 
Yeah, here's the problem is that people want, okay, I, I want, want a script. I want a script. I want a script. And your fourth step doesn't seem very scripted. Here's what the fourth step is. It's Tell answering me. one basic question. Okay. With this person at this time, under these circumstances, what is the one thing I should say? So with this person, again, what's okay. my history with this person? Right, right. If it's my teenage son and we butt heads all the time, I just hit as the microphone. Example, I got so excited, I hit the microphone. Butting ahead. Right, right. You know what I mean? So yep. boom, boom, boom. Okay, with this person. So my history with this person is we always have an argument. Well, for this conversation, we never raised our voices. Mm. So maybe the one thing I want to say to this person is, hey, this was actually a really pleasant conversation. Mm-hmm. You gave me something to think about. And now in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, ooh, I'd rip apart that point. And when you said that that was absolutely wrong and I can prove that was wrong. But no, no, because of our history... This was a really pleasant conversation, and I think it's great just to acknowledge that, and we can have a conversation later. Okay. So this person at this time, right, it's the end of lunch. It's the end of, and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, but I never brought up my one killer point. I'm usually good to hear things after about four Coors Lights, <laughs> <laughs> and that's when I'm very open. I don't have You've four. had none, so I've we know this, this isn't <laughs> sinking in at all. I don't, I don't drink four of them. But say to a person heading into a really difficult conversation, by the way, what was your goal? Right. What was the goal of the conversation? They'll never, I would never be able to answer that question. I don't have a goal except to get my point across. Yes. And maybe most people would say, oh, I wanted to win this argument about finances. I wanted to win the argument about the kid's schedule or win the argument about uh, Donald Trump or somebody. Okay. That we call that a topic goal. Okay. My goodness. There's other goals. There's relational goals. There's face saving. I want to feel close to you. I want, yeah. Well, okay. yeah, the, the, we had a great moment, and, right. and this relationship is really important to me. Yep. Um, and a, a, a face-saving goal is, hey, you know what? I'm perp- I'm going to protect this person. Oh, is that the front door? Oh. Oh, Mrs. Ziri. In and out, Mrs. Ziri coming, coming home with in and out, <laughs> and none for Mikey. Okay. I love you. I love you. Hi, Hannah. We're, we're now in a recruiting studio that does not have a door that shuts. That's right. So we're just, we're just open to the elements right, right now. And putting up glass is far too expensive. Hello. Exactly. Exactly. And sometimes, yeah, yeah I, want it to be, I wanted it to be a safe room because sometimes, sometimes my wife gets angry. I see your eye, Hannah. She's got a sty in her eye. She was just, Hannah, do you want to say hello to the internet? <laughs> okay. All right. There we go. Tim, back to you. Four yeah. step fuzzy. Yeah. So what's your goal? Well, that's discernment. I, 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 people say, what should I say? Well, I don't know. I need to know your history with this person. Right. I need to know the circumstances. I need to know. Uh, timing. Timing is everything. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's hard. That requires discernment and right. it's, it's situation specific rather than me just walking in saying, Buy, uh, we actually have a term for this in calm theory. We call it agenda anxiety. Mm. I walk in and, you know, I've been waiting to talk about finances forever yep. right? in this relationship, yep. right? I've been waiting finally to talk about us being overcommitted or talk about the church we go to or something. So when we sit down, it's like note to self. I've got 10. I've ordered them. I went to Kinko's. I got colored charts right. ready to go. Right. And by golly, we may never have this conversation again. So I'm saying every single thing I've ever wanted to say to you when it comes to finances. <laughs> and that that creates a, a defensive climate in a heartbeat. It's like note to self, yeah. never talk to this person about finances. So how, did, how do So my hearing all this, like the two things I'm wondering, A, with what you just said, how did we get there? To like, why, why, because in, in the church, that definitely feels like that all the time. 
you know, like, okay, I'm meeting this person for the first time. I may never get to talk to them again. I look at, you know, my commission as a Christian, man, I better be ready to share the gospel. If I see the, if I see the door, I'm jumping through. That's right. I mean, how did like, I feel like we have to admit something as a culture where we're at so we can even become genuine in our posture when we approach people. Because I can imagine a lot of people out there are like, well, yeah. I'm just not even interested in being that genuine. It's like, it's like, why? Well, that, that's what I know. That's what I've been told to do. I feel like I've been taught that that's how I needed to think going into conversations. And we're saying that that's a whole heap of trouble. Yeah, Andy, that's a great question. I think, I think if we look at the New Testament church, it was embedded in communities. Right. Think of, think of Antioch, which had massive sewage problems, massive road problems. Well, guess what? If you're part of Antioch, they're your problems. Yeah. Right? It, it doesn't mean the non-Christians have a sewage problem and the Christians don't. We both have a sewage problem. So I think, I think the pressure comes off a little bit of having to say everything in one conversation when we're doing life together, yeah. which means I'm going to see you next week. Right. But, but sometimes we're so segregated that the Christian and non-Christian communities really don't interact that often. So when I finally do interact with you and lo and behold, the topic comes up, I now feel like, oh man, I got to take this because it may be years or ever if it ever comes up. If you're doing life together, if your kids are playing Pop Warner football together, if you're um, helping with blood drives together, helping with the homeless issue together, well, guess what? Things come up. Right. Right. Yeah, and I think that's what we're missing today is too much we're isolated in us versus them. We have two Breas, not one, right? So we need to all do life together, and I think that really helped the New Testament church. Okay. So so did you get an answer on yeah. that, Andy? Yeah. And um, I think, Tim, one of the interesting, one of the interesting things, you, you say this, uh, we engage others with the goal of setting them straight. <laughs> And um, it, it, it in a world of social media, mm. um, so I'm interested. I, I'm interested. I, I, I want to do a couple of podcasts at some point exploring how G, how to make Jesus beautiful using social media yeah. because I think we make Jesus very ugly. Yes. Uh, a lot yeah. of us uh, do, myself included. Um, and and you don't have a smartphone, which I which I, I absolutely love. Yeah, I don't. Um, and and that's because you're poor. As a as a calm <laughs> theorist, there's not. A, I mean, there's not big pain. He's jobs. got so much Come smart on. in there. He's like, I just need to carry a dumb phone. Right, right. I am a smartphone. That's I don't. Right. I don't need one. I need to look it up. I'll just think. Uh, yeah. But but, I, but but you stay you stay off social media. No, no, no. Oh, I don't. don't. No, but oh. I don't want social media in my back pocket twenty four seven. That's why Ooh. I don't have a smartphone. But you have it on your computer, then. Oh yeah. Oh, okay. absolutely. So, so yeah. what? So, how would this apply in a social media world? How does this apply in a Facebook world where you know I see something that's shooting at Obama, and I know my brother in law is just gonna gonna hate it, and I think they're nuts, so I'm just gonna share it, you know, without comment. I mean, how how do we make Jesus beautiful on social media? You know, recognizing. Yeah. Because I have people ask, well, should I not should I not share? And my answer is yes. Yes. You should not share. Oh, yes, yes. I just totally agree. Don't. Yeah. Yes. Just, just don't. It is not the place for nuance. It is not the place for listening. It is the Absolutely. place for just alienating and cementing people. Define for me self-control. Right. <laughs> so go back to question number four. With this person at this time under these circumstances. Okay. So if social media doesn't allow you to present nuance in a loving fashion, both the relational side of communication and the content, yeah. if it doesn't allow me to be respectful, uh, careful, and, and acknowledge another person's 
communication, then guess what? It's not the best place to have those kind of conversations. Right. But it's pretty easy just to hit share or like oh, and, it's, and yeah, let it go. It's so gratifying. And let it go. Yeah, exactly. And then throw in what we call disinhibition. Disinhibition Whoa. is, oh, hello. Uh, in Latin, it means disinhibition. No, it, disinhibition <laughs> means when we're face to face. After I, about four cores lights, <laughs> I, I, I interact with disinhibition. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so here's what disinhibition means. When you and I are face to face, I at least have to deal with the consequences, right? If I right. raise if my voice, right? Great, if yes. I call you a name, yep. I, it's kind of awkward. We're there, right? Right, right? I am getting my black belt in kung fu. I oh, do think Lord. I could take you. Oh Lord! I do think it'd be there's, bloody. There's it would no be way. bloody. It would there's be no hard. I outweigh you by how much? Doesn't matter. See, that's the beauty thing about kung fu. No. I use your strength. No, I'm like, I use I'm your like momentum. Po. Uh, I'm like Poe from Kung Fu Panda. Bro. <laughs> All right. So okay. disinhibition, disinhibition is... Uh, um, I like how the, you casually drop that in. Yeah. Oh, I'm getting my black belt yeah, just, in Kung yeah. Fu. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just, yeah. Okay. Disinhibition, go. Um, online, I don't have to deal with any of it. Right. I hit send. Boom. I don't care. Right. It was hot. It was heated. I used a word I probably shouldn't have used. If we were right. sitting across from each other, I wouldn't have used it. Right. So I'm just saying I'm not anti-technology. I'm not anti-social media. But I do think we need to really step back and say, I don't know if this is the right medium to have the conversation I really want to have. So some people say, well, then we're abdicating the whole space to. Well, yeah, we abdicate the space to um, people who if you are cannot angry. Have, and, yes, if you cannot have Jesus loving. That's right people honoring conversation uh, on social media then just stop at least with at least with things that will alienate so right. so I, I'm a huge fan of posting so we post our podcasts or I post silly yeah. stuff or yeah. whatever but I'm never just gonna post something that says oh I hate Obama or I'm a huge fan That's of Obama right. or here's right. Bernie's tax plan and here's Hillary's ugliness in <sighs> terms of her you know political record or whatever it is I mean I just don't ever do that because there's no there's no way to boundary that with anything else. If you can't speak the truth in love, don't you speak. can't speak the truth. If you can't do the love part. He, your finger is shaking at me right now. Yes. It's pointed at me. This is actually called monkey fist one. Yeah, there's energy, <laughs> there's energy coming out. You're going to just fly across the room oh here. No, but you know what I mean? If you, if you can't do, it's truth and love. And if you can't do the love part, then the medium isn't allowing you to do the love part. Right. Then maybe the medium is the problem. So right. let's not yeah. be so quick to jump in and like maybe in a blog you can take time and and, and nuance and, and nuance one point or you know right. something like that. And right. but you know but Twitter can be um, it can be great daily contacts with each other. It can even be a way to have fun with yeah. people. It can be entertaining yeah, and, and, and conversations can happen. But I mean yeah. if we're just saying. We're putting it up on a layer of like making Jesus beautiful, right. which we all would agree. It's like this isn't just some 50 character thing we can say and just it just happens. That's right. You know, that's that's the bottom line is to communicate that idea. We have to be able to say there there is a right or like a better way to do it than others. I just the, for me, there is so much teaching uh, in Paul that Christians are called to make the teachings of Jesus attractive. Yeah. And none of us carry that. We care more about being right we care more about setting others straight. Yeah. We care more about enforcing our liberty um, than we do about making Jesus beautiful or exercising right. compassion or listening. And, and I feel like for me, I mean, I, I wrestle with this all the time. The temptation is to use social media yeah. uh, to just take shots at, at That's things. Right. That's right. And, and it's so impossible <clears throat> to do that well. What does Peter say? Peter says, 
He says, when insulted, flat out insulted, man, he doesn't sugarcoat it at all. You've been insulted. I want you to bless that person. Bless him. And You're we're like, a bald, <laughs> you are a bald hockey loving turd. And let me give you a hug. Yeah. Right? You know, it just happened. <laughs> but, but boy, we don't like that. That, that. that is to us like craziness. Like, like Jesus, you know, turn the other cheek. Go the second mile, and we're like, right, oh, right. no, 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 we're not doing that. Because that, right, that, right. I'll get walked on. Right. I will get walked on, and 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 that's what's most important. Is mm. I feel like I'm not going to let my beliefs get walked on. Mm. So I, I just feel like we need. So here's my favorite thing I say to people. I, no, I, no, 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 no. Now you're quoting yourself. You've quoted Clooney, Clooney, and Long Foucault. Foucault. Fu- well, you didn't quote him, but Long I know. I, I mentioned him. Yes, mentioned lots of mentions, lots yeah. of name dropping. Black belt. Now, <laughs> now the intro to this sentence was. Look, here's the favorite thing I say. Right. So just with that in mind, yes. drop it. it. I, drop I, it I like it's the, hot. I feel the pressure. Now. <laughs> <I really do. clears throat> um. So Confucius. No. Uh, so, um, no. Miyagi said. Miyagi. So here's what here's like every once in a while I do radio, right? Which is right. A, which is a crazy medium and I have self sometimes. It's oh like, hey, goodness. we got forty seconds left. Hey, in this last minute. So wow, what about global warming? <laughs> what about you know? So here's a word that I just have adopted and, right. and it's frustrating. I just say pass. Pass? Pass. Pass? Yeah. You ask me you ask me in you know, one minute to to address global warming, I'm just gonna say pass. I I, I don't have time. To do it justice. Okay. So I'm going to pass. Pass. When I get asked publicly about really complex, hard, hard issues, I just simply say, you know what? This isn't a, this isn't a 40 second talk. This isn't a five minute talk. This is a five hour talk. So I'm going to pass. Yeah. And they're like, just not get trapped. No, that's, but that's my question. Yeah, that's my question. (laughs) Well, I, I'm not going to answer it. This is not the right time, circumstance for me to launch into this, right? It's just too complex. That's what I hate about political debates today, mm. right? They're, they're like two minutes and then the, the buzzer starts going off. Right. And, and they have to condense. Yeah, soundbite. But man, it is complex. It is nuanced. It's like, you know, he's kind of right. She's kind of right. And, and in public or in radio today or talk show or whatever, they're like, no, 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 we need you to be the position. We need you to be the right. We need you right. to be the left, not the nuanced middle. We right. didn't invite anybody from the nuanced middle. Yeah. And that's the problem with America today. And, and as Christians, wow. we just can't feed into that, I don't think. So what do you think about global warming? We've got, uh, we've got 60 <laughs> seconds. Bad. Bad. It's bad. It's bad. It's bad. I, I'd be okay with global cooling myself. I'm all for less air conditioning. All right. So, Tim, as we wrap up, I uh, want to encourage people to, to grab the book. You you go in, you quote a lot more people in that. And, um, and it really is, it really is a very interesting read because on the surface of it, I, I would I would go, well, yeah, of course I listen. No, don't listen. I'm always thinking about what I'm going to say in response. So of course I find common ground, but I never lead with that. Mm. I'm always, you know, you're always evaluating first. You're never believing the best about another, you know, blah, 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 blah. Um, uh, so that's one place people can, can find you. Where else? Where else can people go to find you? Well, I teach at Biola University in La Mirada, California. Go Pirates! Go Pirates! What are we, by the way? You're the Eagles. Oh, we're the Eagles. Yes. My bad. Okay, yes. my bad. We're wow. the Eagles. Sorry. Wow. Wait, wow. you guys are the sports guys? Yeah. yeah we're well, the, yeah. Well, they don't have a hockey team, so evidently he doesn't care. 
Andy, you'd be a former sports person, at least Uh-oh. for another year. Yeah. Okay, so uh, we started something called the Center for Marriage and Relationships. Most Ooh. Americans, if you were to ask them, hey, like, what's the most important thing you want to get out of life? They would say, you know what? I really do want to have a good marriage, and I want to have a family. Right. So we've started something called the Center for um, Marriage and Relationships, where we take the, the current research that's out there, right? Great studies that can help people. Uh, but we blend it with the timeless truth of scriptures, of the scriptures. And, we, and it's been great to do that. One of our big initiatives is we're going to take all this marriage conference stuff, and we're going to take it to inner city Detroit and give it away for free. No cost whatsoever to attend our conferences. We're going to provide food, childcare, everything. Because unfortunately, the divorce rate is really linked to people who can't afford to go to conferences. That right, economically, life's just really rough. So we're going to tackle that. We are launching a podcast. You've Whoa. motivated us, Mike. Yes, Andy. What's the, na- what's this the name pod- of it? Um, it's called Subversive. No, yes. it's called <clears throat> it's called. Um, the art of relationships mm. and the fact that it's not just science, right? Mm. It's not just give me 10 steps. Mm. How you apply that science, how you apply things, man, there's an art to that. Yes. And so we're calling it the art of relationships. We're going to launch May 11th. Whoa. And uh, we'd love for people to check us out. You can go to okay. cmr.biola.edu. So cmr.biola, B-I-O-L-A dot E-D-U. Nice. All right. So check that out. That uh, podcast is launching in a couple of weeks from when yeah. we're recording and tim tim it, believe me when you see him you'll understand why he prefers podcasting and radio <laughs> over um public speaking you you get a you get a feel for that <laughs> but absolutely prefers kung fu yes uh, oh my goodness i could take you he says come on um okay so um what what we want to do is we just want to thank you as always uh, for listening. Love your feedback on uh, what you're hearing in this, and particularly those of you who are not Jesus followers. I'm really curious as to what you are hearing in this, um, because we hear we hear, uh, and and I think we would all agree that the climate of the way we talk in our world is just the worst, and it needs to be so dramatically improved. And Jesus people are actually um, adding to the ugliness uh, by and large. And so we want to we wanna get better at that. But I'm curious as to what you heard and what you think about this. Um, check out his book. Check out the podcast. Andy, any last thoughts? Should we have a, a bit just, of mourning? Yeah, we can. Let's just take a... A moment of silence. What was the what's the duck song? Didn't you didn't you have a duck song that you did in a podcast? Uh, I did. Yeah, yep. the the official uh, inaugural season theme song. And that was from the movie. No, that was written. It was from the movie, and then they and then they made it for the team. <laughs> oh, so it was from the movie. Yeah, that's true. It actually was from the movie. Okay. All right. So now that we've now that we've got truth, let's Second. talk about let's talk about love. Okay, Andy, <laughs> I love that you like sports. Thank you. And that you like games that mm. pretend to be sports. Yeah. And I just affirm all of that. Yes. I like this game we're playing right now. Oh, with, with you, uh, all right. So Detroit has a song. Detroit has a song. Subtly uh, insulting me. You know oh. what? When we're done, I'm just going to give you a hug. Oh, oh burning coals. So, Love it. So, um, Love it. So last, last time we did a blessing from Flash Gordon. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and so I think, uh, I think we should do a blessing today from Toy Story. Because we don't listen, the atheists turn it off at this point when we get to the blessing. So we wanna we wanna include you. So we did flash going. Let's do to- Toy Story. All right? Okay. Are you ready? So so wherever you are, close your eyes, and and just hear these words spoken from the prophet Buzz Lightyear <laughs> to infinity and beyond. Okay. God bless you. 
even if you're not a believer in God, may the imaginary spaghetti monster bless you. And, um, and so thanks for letting us be a part of your life. Until next time. Thanks for listening to Vox, the Mike Erie podcast. Be sure to like Mike on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash official Mike Erie. Follow Mike on Twitter and Periscope at Mike Erie for live interaction and ongoing Q&A. Don't forget to visit subversivekingdom.com for further engagement and information about Mike.